Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hello, hello. It's the 26th of May, 2022. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in markets and business news and startups as well. I'm Nadine Blaney here with Kyle Rada. How's your day, Kyle? Oh, it's been busy. It's been busy. It's been busy all week and a negative day for the market sparking a recent trend. So a little bit somber, perhaps. Okay, you sound very somber. So we (laughs) did see all 11 sectors, save for technology shares falling today so by all the time everything was said and done s&p asx 200 was 0.7 percent lower so that means that we are now and i hate to say it in negative territory for the week so the week to date loss sits at around six tenths of one percent what what not as much volatility though right you know a few weeks ago we were sort of getting pretty thrilled about the one percent moves to the upside one percent moves to the downside we seem fairly range bound at the moment so a little bit lower, but one day left in trade, so we'll see how we can cap off the week. Yeah, well, I just had a chat with Fraser McLeod. He's from Sean Partners, and he said, look, our market is fortunately boring <laughs> versus what we've seen in the U.S. He said there's plenty to worry about, but the value of our local market really does balance out any macro negatives. Perspectives, always everything. Um, and we have seen a lot of pretty pretty solid share price performance coming from you know the commodity sector in particular, Though not today, not today, and I just wonder if it's, you know, increasingly China that, you know, is the problem child. We've got, uh, you know, many forecasting that China will miss its ambitious growth target by a large margin, you know, for the first time ever. So it really has sort of put a negative spin on metals markets. And that's even as we continue to see, you know, inventory levels falling, particularly for commodities like aluminium and, 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 you know, still the supply side. Uh, isn't looking to meet a lot of the demand. No, no. I mean, to go to your your first point, fortunately, boring is pretty appropriate, I think, and maybe a bit of a secret to the good life too. But it does seem to be a story at the moment about the uh, commodity sector or the the resource players, I should actually say, in the material sector. And yeah, that China story is one that's really hard to get a, a, a clear narrative with some momentum behind it because, you know, we get these announcements of, of stimulus from either the, the CCP or the PBOC, um, and that seems to engender some positive um, reaction. But at the end of the day, we're in lockdown over there, or they're in lockdown over there, and you know everyone who we talk to says, well, basically, until they reopen, there's really not much point in getting too excited about things. So, you know, kind of stay on the uh, the back foot there, and that seems to be what, at least today, the commodity space or the, the uh, materials plays were, were reflecting. Yeah. Um, let's just talk stock specifics now, and the best performer prior to entering a trading halt was Appin. So it, uh, look, it has a non-binding indicative proposal that was announced from TELUS, which is a Canadian telecommunications company. 
um, again. Did you want to go on, on your Did you want to go on your rant again? Okay, so here, let me <laughs> let me just explain this. So I loved I loved coming in and yeah. not not knocking them at all, but the AFR sort of had a what is tell them anyways, uh, tell us I should say, and um, yeah, it's a Canadian uh, telecommunications company. Uh, it was my mobile phone provider, cell phone providers, we used to say, prior to my leaving Canada in the early 2000s. And I think I said to one of our guests, I'm pretty sure my dad had to pay off my outstanding bill when I left because mobile phone prices still in Canada are so much more expensive than they are here. And boy, did they used to, I don't know if they still do, but they used to rort people on their cell phone plans. So there you go. That's my two cents there. You're still on hold with their customer I'm service I'm line. I'm holding a grudge. Gotta let that go. Um, yeah. But anyways, it does have that non-binding proposal on the table. Look, there's plenty of expectations that maybe there could be, you know, better offer coming. Regardless, it was the stock of the day today. Not going to forget this today. It was the stock of the day today. So let's hear what uh, Kashi's guests had to say about Appen. Early stages. I, I I I often reckon that these things get leaked by the telluses. Not saying it's happened this time, no. but you know, sometimes companies sit on these bids and they get frustrated that nothing's really happening, so they go to the you know, did you know they leak it to the press? That causes yep. shareholders to then say, guys, what are you doing to engage? And um, I just think that probably had a lot of shareholders were pretty happy to move on. I'd also be holding the stock at the moment. I think that uh, it, you know, valuation for tech stocks has been the, the biggest challenge in the last six months or so. Yep. Um, remembering the, the stock in August 2020 was trading at $43. So oh, no. it's been absolutely crucified. Um, they're currently trading about 8.14, I think, today. Yes, it's it's jumped a lot, but it's still well below the bid. So the bid's at, at $9.50. Yeah. Uh, there's the potential that th sometimes with, with these sorts of takeover offers, the first offer is not the last. So certainly if you're a shareholder in it, I'd be holding on to it. So there you go. It is a hold because when it went into a trading halt, which it could have even been after that program went to air, uh, was still below the offer price. So it closed at eight dollars twenty-seven, and the offer price coming from Telem Telus, excuse me, is nine dollars and fifty. So we'll see what happens. I have a feeling this one has a way to run yet, and Appen has been in such a downgrade cycle. Uh, perhaps shareholders will also think, uh, well, I mean, I guess they're expressing some skepticism that this deal will go ahead, but also you'd, I think there'd be a lot of long-term shareholders in Appen that would be very happy to get out at $9.50. Yeah, no, I would imagine so. Anywhere in the tech sector at the moment, I think, um, as we've been hearing a lot on the uh, on the show and uh, the channel recently, is uh, one to trim your losses potentially. Today, not so much though. We did have a Tyro, for example, doing pretty well. It was up by 4.5%. And a lot of the companies that were in the market leader uh, scenario were in the tech space. Now, we also saw some losers, as per usual. Nanasonics had its price target cut by Canaccord Genuity, and it was down by 5.6%. Resolute Whitehaven Coal down by 4.3%. And a lot of the sort of laggards in the market really were in that materials space. Fortescue, for example, off by a full 4%. Yeah, that kind of high beta play on the whole uh, on the whole iron ore space, I suppose, seems to uh, be big highs and, and, and big lows when uh, when that thing moves. Now we had the capex data come out today. It did disappoint. So the Q1 print came in at minus 0.3 percent in the March quarter. Growth consensus estimate was one and a half percent. 
But isn't it all about the future? Well, it's all about the future uh, in terms of spending intentions and business investment intentions, which were pretty good and they were upgraded. But it can't help think back to the conversation we had with Sean Callow this morning, mm. uh, which should be up online if you'd like to go back and take a listen. And he was just saying, if we continue to get these GDP partials coming in week, which we saw yesterday with construction, today with CapEx, that expectations for that 40 basis point hike or you know more significant hike coming from the RBA the following week, is it's not a foregone conclusion. Yeah, I mean, I posted something on Twitter today about it and I got a lot of nice feedback talking about how it is only a very small part of GDP and the part of it you, you sort of really want to look at is maybe the, the, the non-mining area um, of, the, of the data. And apparently that was reasonably positive. So some sort of green shoots there, I suppose. But going back to what Sean was saying was that we have had a bit of a miss on construction work done. We have had a little bit of a miss today. Maybe we're going to see some downgrades going into next, GD, uh, next week's GDP data. And again, echoing what Sh- um, uh, Sean did say was that at the moment, um, and based on, again, his numbers um, or what he's seeing is going in the market, 34 to 35 basis points are in the, the rates curve at the moment. They're not going to go 34 or 35. They're going to go 25 or 40. Um, so we've got real room for volatility mm-hmm. and movement in expectations based around that GDP number next week, which now, again, like you said, because of these weak um, partials, could be a little bit softer than previously thought. And we got get more coming through next week. So we'll be keeping a very close eye on those. Um, But a lot of the conversation still revolves around inflation. Has it peaked? I just had a really great panel on to end the session. Again, it should be online shortly. Uh, They talked about the good, the bad, and the ugly in terms of the bond market. Look, they did not believe that the U.S. is headed for recession. Uh, They do believe that inflation may have peaked and are pointing just to the overall strength and resilience of the U.S. consumer. Yeah, that's the the one thing that I think every time we have this recession conversation, the balls always go corporate and household balance sheets are really, really strong. And we haven't, we, we tend not to see that going into a recession. So although we might see a little bit of a slowdown, rate hikes are going to obviously bite. Clearly, we've got supply constraints. And again, going back to what we saw in the, the data in Australia today, that, that, that came through in terms of the impact supply constraints are having on our construction activity and our capital expenditure as, as, as well. Um, but Again, with household balance sheets so strong, the U.S. consumer, it's argued, can can sort of weather this, and and we may see a slowdown, but not a recession, which sort of, you know, I guess, kind of adds credence to the soft landing argument from the Fed. Well, I had another good conversation today with James White from Lessup Investment Management. He reckons that, uh, you know, obviously there's there's the K sort of scenario in terms of those that have got richer through the pandemic and those who are in the lower end of the income spectrum. But he, he just believes that the U.S. consumer is still going strong. He actually doesn't think that the Fed should even really be hiking rates right now. He really does see tech and productivity uh, in, and influences on productivity and also offsetting some price rises is as really doing the heavy lifting when it comes to taming inflation going forward and just doesn't see these supply supply side shocks as being uh, long lasting enough yeah. so if you'd like to listen to that interview he gives a couple ideas in terms of the tech space but also uh, in terms of one company that he's really comfortable investing in here in Australia so I'm not going to give it away you'll have to listen to that but if you want to look for it it's in the show notes or on the website um, it's James White, and you can look him up under our experts uh, under our experts sort of search function. Yeah, and that point about the uh, the inflation story, I think, is really relevant too. It goes back to what I was talking about today on the the big picture with Sherelle Murphy was the idea that 
it depends on what side of the, de- the debate that you sit on. If it's a demand-driven thing, inflation at the moment, then obviously you're hike rates. But if it's a supply-side thing, obviously interest rate hikes aren't going to do anything about it. And there's the argument that you, at least from the fiscal side, and then also you know monetary policy supports this too, is that you continue to run expansionary policy to increase capacity on the supply side to eventually bring prices down. So it's just another fascinating debate as to where we are in the macro cycle. And then, of course, that influences very, very significantly how you invest and how financial markets uh, behave. Sure does. All right. What do we have on the agenda tonight, Kyle? Uh, we had F- FOMC, uh, obviously, this morning, so there's still going to be a little bit of a fallout from that. But we get um, the, the US GDP print. It's not the first batch. So obviously, for anyone not, not familiar, we get three every quarter, once a month. You get the you know preliminary, final, what have you. Um, today, it's the second print. So we, we kind of know that the data is going to be negative. That was a surprise when we got it a month ago. That was a preliminary print, a 1.4%. I understand we're looking for a a very small upward revision of 1.3 i think i I think it's still going to be negative so so negative annualized but we could see an upward revision from the the print that came before we get jobless claims expected to remain at a very low level Uh, we get some housing data again a real pinch point in the u.s economy right now as we continue to see mortgage rates rising so we'll likely see pending home sales declining in April. Uh, We get the Kansas City Fed Index. So again, a read on manufacturing, which will always be interesting. And Fed Vice Chair Brainard will appear before the House Financial Services Committee on Digital Assets. And we already have her testimony. We had it today. Mm. And uh, basically, she was uh, talking about C... CBDC, Central (laughs) Bank Digital Currencies. I always have to stop myself before putting my foot in it and basically saying there's risks to moving and there's risks to not moving as well. Classic central bank (laughs) non-answer. What do you think about some of the communication coming from the U.S. central bank lately? Because we we got a lot of it last night. Yeah, well, I mean... Again, it's being re, uh, sort of echoed by a lot of our guests at the moment. Is that you're kind of getting whiplash with with the uh, the tone there. A couple of weeks ago, everyone was pricing in potentially 75 in June, talking about um, at the very least 50, 50, 50 at the next three meetings. Um, but you know, we had Bostic coming out um, over the last sort of well this week as well, talking about how the Fed has scoped to kind of ease off things um, if the data starts to turn. The FOMC minutes sort of expressed a level of flexibility after you know what is expected to be some aggressive um, you know rate hikes in the next couple of months um so i think the real clear thing for me is that we just we just get a cacophony of of um fed speakers sometimes and they all have their own individual opinions they obviously work off different hymn sheets and different data based on you know the region regional uh, feds that they they represent um but i think what we're seeing in the market at the moment is that there's this kind of pulling back of expectations of, of a fed that will be quite as hawkish as previously thought and there's an element of kind of relief there i think yeah, it was noticeable, though, that they were all singing from the same song sheet pretty much in the Fed minutes last night. Yeah. So, again, I, I don't think there's going to be too much in Brennard's comments um, because, of course, it's on digital assets and we know what she said. But um, you never know where these central bankers are going to pop up in any given night. Uh, look, we'll be keeping a very eye, close eye on the Aussie dollar, of course. So we saw some, some mixed performances through the overnight from the G10 currencies. And uh, we'll be digesting it all first thing in the morning with Tim Mulholland from TJM Limited. And he's got a lot of insights into China as well. So I'll be interested to hear what he has to say on that front. And uh, Chris Conway, it's a Friday. So like clockwork, we get a buy, hold, sell from Chris Conway in the 9 o'clock. Speaking of like clockwork, we get a macro, micro, crypto from Carl Kapralinga. That's just after 11 o'clock. And I'm, I'm pleased to welcome Dean Fergie from Cyan. So he's in town and he'll be joining us at the desk at 11 a.m. tomorrow. And then, I mean, we work through a whole 
illustrious guest list, Kyle, and that brings us to the last call at 3.45. Yep, we do. And uh, who have we got on for that, actually? Well, I think the Dean's going to drop in. Uh, I think we have June Beilu from Tribeca Investment Management coming. And uh, we've got Jonathan Barrett. Hey, we've got a little bit of a sneak peek into the AFR Rich List, dig under some of those numbers. So there's a lot happening there. Did, uh, Did any of us make it this year? Uh, not yet. No. I'm still working on it. No, How about okay. you? No, no. You got a hu- side hustle we need to know about, Kyle? No, no, just a, just a property that's uh, lost a lot of value. Yeah, so Yeah, no, I don't know if we told you before we hired you for media, but you're not going to make it on the rich <laughs> list doing this job. <laughs> Love you, but <laughs> All right, um, look, I, I have a, a child to pick up at a dance class, so i got to go. Yeah, well, good luck with that. Thanks. <laughs> have a good night. Bye. Bye. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 